0: All right, go back in time with me, if you will. It's May 2018. LSU has just finished its first season under Will Wade, and it was, by all measures, a good season. It was an improving season. LSU got better. They went from 2-16 and in the SEC to 8-10 and in the SEC. They went from no postseason play to winning a game in the NIT. Uh, will Wade brought in a really good recruiting class and, and things were trending in the right direction. And yet, Will Wade wasn't satisfied. He wasn't happy with a lot of aspects of that season um, because he's competitive and because he expects the best out of himself and his program. And one of the things that he was most upset about was how poorly his team played on the road. Tigers finished 2-7 and seven in SEC play on the road won their first two, lost their last seven, uh, lost games away from home after that at the SEC tournament and in the NIT. And so Will Wade, uh, as he does every May, when his players go home before summer school, he always takes these trips and he goes and visits authors and coaches and basketball coaches and football coaches. And he's trying to learn from these different stops. And he's always got a different objective in mind. And last year that objective was how do we get better on the road. Here's what he said in April of twenty eighteen before he hit the road in May. Hopefully I
1: continue to get better by looking at things. Always go visit two or three people in the off season, try to get better ideas. I'm gonna look at changing our road routine certainly and go visit some people who've had some success on the road and see if there's something we can do to maybe change that up to spice us up a little bit,
0: give us give us a little bit better chance, but Fast forward nine months and LSU has just completed one of the most historic runs in program history, winning all nine SEC road games they played this year. They went 9-0 in SEC road games for the first time in program history. Um, I don't think it's an accident that that was something that Will Wade invested a lot of time and energy and effort into this offseason. And all of a sudden, LSU uh, makes history and is now positioned going into Saturday's game against Vanderbilt at home with a chance to win an SEC title for the first time in 10 years and just the 11th time in program history. We're going to talk about that Vanderbilt game in a second, um, but I wanted to take the beginning of this episode just to point out that history was made and that LSU's accomplishments on the road this year should not be overlooked. I do have a story up at lsusports.net. You can read the full story there. Um, I will play a couple of audio clips, though, just to give you some insight into how LSU changed it's road routine this season uh, before LSU went to the Advocare Invitational over Thanksgiving earlier this year. And I know that didn't pan out the way that LSU wanted to. They lost two games there. But Willway did talk a little bit about how LSU had changed its road routine this year. Um, and it gives you some insight into some of the things they did moving on and, and finding more success later in the season.
1: Yeah, we're going to keep them off their feet a little bit more on the road. Hopefully we'll stay a little bit fresher. Um, change some of the our timing on some things. Um, and so maybe a little bit less basketball on the floor, a little bit more mental stuff, um, trying to lock them in a little bit more mentally.
0: So that's one aspect, LSU changed its road routine. I actually pointed that out, I think in the last episode where Will Wade kind of ran through what their road routine looks like, the film work they do, the paper scout that they do, the more film work they do, the walkthroughs, all that stuff. Um, I won't get too into detail. You can read about that at lsusports.net. But it wasn't just the routine that changed, of course. This is, simply put, a more talented, more dangerous team than LSU had last year. They're deeper. Um, they, they have guys that are more threatening in road atmospheres. Guys like Tremont Waters who can drive the length of the court like he did in, in Florida and, and finish at the rim. Guys like Emmett Williams who can come off the bench and give you a double-double and dominate the glass. They just have those guys this year, and that's just as important, if not more important, than the approach that you take on the road. Games we lost on the road
1: last year; those teams were just a lot better than us. I mean, you know, one way to be a good road team is to have good players and have a good team, and uh, and so I mean, that's that's just I mean, as simplistic as that is, that's that's part of it.
0: The other part of it, in addition to the talent, is the mental makeup of a team. And I've been around a lot of basketball teams, I've been a part of a lot of basketball teams. The hardest part about winning on the road in college basketball, and high school basketball, it doesn't matter what level, is the mental approach. It's the psychological approach. It's having the right mindset to go into a hostile atmosphere where your backs are against the wall and to be able to overcome the adversity that's naturally gonna come. At home, the crowd can help you rally. The crowd can get behind you. It can change your psychological approach to a game at any given moment. On the road, you have to be able to generate that yourself. You have to be able to withstand the pressure of the crowd and then generate your own positivity, your own positive thinking, your own momentum, your own swagger and confidence. And this team, as much as any team I've ever been around, has the ability to do that. Now, I don't know why. It, It may just be the DNA of some of these guys. It may be. Javante Smart and Emmitt Williams having the swagger that they do or Tremont Waters being so confident and poised in himself or you know, Skyler Mays being as cool and calm and, and collected as any player I've ever been around, um, that that may all be a part of it. It may be the fact that, look, this team has seen adversity. They they lost a teammate before the season. So going into a, a hostile road atmosphere kind of pales in comparison to the actual tragedy that they've had to deal with throughout the season. I don't know. It's, it's probably a combination of all of those factors. But Whatever the case may be, this team has a different mentality about them that has served them away from home.
1: I just think our guys, we have a poise about us, um, you know, that, that you need to have on the road. We, we've been able to kind of just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, and then then make our move. And uh, we've certainly been good in those six-minute games. We weren't nearly as good in the six-minute
0: games last year. Speaking of those six-minute games, I have a statistic. It's actually the last ten minutes. Of road games but if you take the last 10 minutes of regulation and the last five minutes of overtime in the games that LSU has gone to overtime on the road it's 110 minutes in in nine games and LSU has outscored its opponents 249 to 186 during that stretch that's a plus 63 margin if you look at that as a game like you just took th- those 110 minutes and, and condense them into a forty minute game, that's the equivalent of LSU winning a forty minute basketball game by twenty-three points. In the last ten minutes and five minutes of overtime in SEC games on the road, they are beating teams by the equivalent of twenty-three points in forty minutes. And they're not they're not beating them anymore. It's done. They're done traveling on the road this season. The rest of their games are a home game against Vanderbilt. Or neutral site games where the other teams home court advantage won't necessarily be there. So the job is not done as far as looking at the entire season. There is still a championship to play for on Saturday against Vanderbilt. There are still SEC tournament titles and, of course, NCAA tournaments to go out there and and try to win. But this is an accomplishment that we will look back on, I think, for a long time. And uh, I think it's important to appreciate in the moment just how good this team was on the road this year.
1: Our guys enjoy... Um, you know, kind of enjoy that us against the world when it's when it's just thirty of us versus 12,000 of the other folks. I think our guys, our guys enjoy that.
0: All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the latest edition of Boot Up the LSU Basketball Podcast. I'm Cody Wersham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics. A bit of a long intro there, but I wanted to make it a point to highlight exactly what LSU accomplished with its win over Florida on Wednesday uh, to finish the SEC regular season 9-0 and on the road is an accomplishment that um, doesn't happen often. It's never happened at LSU. It's only happened three times in the SEC in the last 25 years, and, uh, and all of those teams, or the two previous teams, uh, made Final Four. So that bodes well for LSU. Uh, I'm not going to look back too much on the Florida game uh, although I do want to recap it as much as possible um, because it was a huge win for LSU to go on the road and win 79-78 in overtime over the Gators. You got big games from Tremont Waters. You got big games from uh, Emmett Williams off the bench. We will touch on that, and uh, we will also preview the Vanderbilt game because guess what? LSU is playing for an SEC championship on Saturday uh, in front of a sold-out arena, a sold-out PMAC. It's going to be an atmosphere that uh, that'll be hugely hugely memorable and uh, if lsu can come away with the win they'll be cutting down nets and uh, and, and hoisting uh, the 11th sec title in program history so uh, i want to kind of focus more on that but i do want to talk about lsu's success uh, at florida getting that win um, a couple things that stand out from that game obviously one is is the way that emmett williams played um, coming off the bench for lsu and it's funny because in the previous podcast, one of the mailbag questions that I answered was, you know, are you worried about Emmett Williams? What will we do to, to get him going again? I think the thing to do to get him going again was just to send him to the state of Florida, <laughs> where he's from, and uh, and let him play in front of his family. He had about twenty twenty five family there, and he was huge off the bench. Twenty seven minutes, thirteen points, fourteen rebounds, seven offensive rebounds. Led the charges. LSU outscored Florida twenty to eight in second chance points and 44 to 26 in points in the paint. Emmett was awesome. Um, he talked with the media on Thursday and had a lot to say as he always does. Emmett is by far the most entertaining interview on the team and that's not to put down anybody on the team. He is just, uh, he is an elite interviewer. Uh, he is to interviewing as he is to offensive rebounding. He's just really, really good at it. Uh, here's a few things that he had to say.
1: Um, I just tried to get, get in. I was scoring off a of, uh... Rolls from Trey and uh, Javante, and a lot of putbacks. So I was just attacking the rim and just focused on winning because I could not lose. Like, you see, my game I was real deal. Like, oh, I went to Florida, I was just mad.
0: <laughs> but it was good,
1: mad though. It was that mad, like, I gotta win.
0: One of the things that I love about Emmett, besides his, uh, his ability to shine in interview settings and give me excellent content for this podcast and for other stories is that he is the epitome of a guy who embraces his role. Now you would think a five-star guy like him who courted offers from all over the country would want to come in as a freshman and and be the guy, be the star, be the double, double guy every night that hasn't been his role this season. And a lot of guys would rebuff that would reject that would be bitter about not being the man like they were in high school. But Emmett is not that guy. Um, He is a guy that loves his role and embraces his role. And yet again, he gave us a phenomenal soundbite talking about the way that he, he's happy to bring whatever he needs to bring to the table.
1: One thing about this team, we're, we're family. And um, everybody brings an important piece to the, to the table. Ain't, no, ain't nobody just always bringing gravy. You got the mac and cheese, the turkey. Everybody brings something to the table and that's more important. That's one thing I love about this team. Even from our managers to our red shirts to the guys on the bench, like every single last one of them is very important to this team.
0: Another guy who was important to LSU on Wednesday was Tremont Waters. Um, He he was crucial in in LSU's success, finished with 19 points, six assists, had three steals, three rebounds. Uh, The biggest thing is he played 35 minutes. He was off his 25-minute restriction uh, against Florida and uh, and made the most of it. It wasn't his best game from start to finish, yet he did have six turnovers. Um, he, He had a turnover late that he talked about in his interview yesterday that that obviously upset him um but he came up huge when lsu needed him to uh, of course if you remember florida hit a three jalen hudson who scored 33 points who just for some reason jalen hudson I, I tweeted this during the game career 7.8 point per game average and against lsu he scored like 15 18 and now 33 uh the three times he's played lsu so i don't know what he what gets into him when he plays the tigers but he was awesome um, but he had a three that gave Florida a, a two-point lead with about six seconds left. And uh, I asked Tremont, okay, what's going through your head in that moment? Here's what he said. As soon as the ball like was up on the, uh, the rim bouncing around, I kind of just looked up at the shot clock and saw where the game clock was. And I think it stopped at 6.2 or something like that. And I kind of waited to take the ball out to see what was going to happen. they backed up. Skylar's man. Stay with him. And I, I, I am better at the bar to him not knowing what he was going to do. I didn't know if he was going to take it and run down the court or give it back to me, and I, I just kind of took off, and he threw it back to me, and I, I knew I had to make a play. So He did make that play, making the layup with, uh, with a nice little finish from the left side of the rim, crossing over in front of the rim to finish on the right with some spin. Uh, it was a huge play for LSU, forced overtime, LSU seventh overtime of the season. That's the most in the country. They ended up getting their fifth overtime win of the season. That's also the most in the country. They got big contributions from a number of other guys. Uh, Javante Smart hit a big three in overtime. He finished with 15 points. He's been phenomenal uh, over the last three or four games. Uh, SEC Freshman of the Week last week, keeps scoring in double figures. Three of seven from three was very, very uh, important as LSU uh, had to to take some perimeter shots in that game. I know that in the second half they they were kind of settling for some perimeter shots during the stretch where they fell behind, uh but then falling behind 62-54, they uh they run off a 10-0 lead, or a 10 run to take a lead and uh, and get that got them back in the game and helped them force overtime. So kind of the story of the season for this team on the road. Uh, not a perfect performance, but they they grounded out. They got big contributions from a number of guys and uh, and now they head into Saturday's game against Vanderbilt with a chance to play for an sec championship and those don't come around often so in that vein i do want to talk about that game um will wade had a really interesting analogy um when talking about that game yesterday Uh, he showed his team a tweet or a story um from i think darren Ravel is the one that tweeted it out but the story is is based on this harvard runner who was running at uh, maybe the 3k championships uh the, the 3k ivy league championships this past week and on the first or second lap of you know an eight or ten lap race his shoe fell off and he just kept running and the pictures first of all he won which is incredible to win on one shoe but the pictures afterward of his feet were gruesome I, I don't advise anyone who has a weak stomach to go find him but if you can bear it go look at him it gives you a picture of what this guy went through to win this race and will wade showed this picture to his team and basically said hey there are guys out here that'll do this to win, to win a championship. And you are now in championship mode. Every game from here on out is a one-game playoff. You win against Vanderbilt, you win the SEC. Then you get into the winner go home situation in the SEC tournament in March Madness where you either win or you're done. And so this is what it takes to win. This is the kind of effort and determination that it takes to win. Um, I, th- I think the other phrase that he said was, they don't put rings on smooth fingers. Like you have to grind, you have to work. You got to get your hands calloused and, and beat up to win a championship. And so I don't care if if Vanderbilt is, you know, 0-17 in the SEC or 17-0, you're going to have to work for this. And uh, I wish I had audio of that. It was it was at the casino. The, the audio that I had was no good. Um, but I did ask Skylar Mays about that. And I asked him, you know, Will told us the story. Uh, about this this Harvard runner, what was y'all's reaction to that? Oh, Coach Wade told y'all about yeah. that. Oh, it was cool. It was cool, man. We hope we hope we don't run into a guy like that. Uh, but I, like you said, we hope we don't want to run into a guy like that. We want to be that type of guys, and if we can get uh, fourteen of those types of guys, and we'll we'll be cutting more nets down. The other thing that I asked Skyler about because I was around his freshman season covering the team, and it was. Funny is not the right word, but it was bizarre that season to show up press conference after press conference as LSU is losing game after game. They lost 15 games in a row, 14 in the conference. And these guys would just keep showing up, Skyler and Antonio Blakeney and Duop Reith, and they just keep showing up. And, you know, as reporters, we'd have to think of different angles and different storylines. And, um, you know, it, it got difficult to cover that team. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be on that team and have to come to these media sessions over and over again. But there Skyler was every week with a smile on his face, with a positive attitude, saying we're gonna get this turned around, it's gonna be okay. And so in that memory, in light of that, I just asked Skylar, I said, hey, you know, if at the end of that season, I would have sat down and asked you or told you, if I'd have told you that you guys were gonna be competing for an SEC championship two years from today, what would you have said? I remember the, the, your freshman year, we just come in here, press conference after press conference. Yeah. They kind of ask you the same questions and over and over, and over <laughs> again. Yeah. We're trying to yeah. think of different angles Something to take. Uh, yeah. But if somebody would have come sports. up... I <laughs> feel good stories, yeah. If somebody would have come up to you after the last game of that season and said, hey, in two years, from this day, you're going to be playing for a championship. conference championship, what would you have said to him? I probably would have laughed, but uh, I think uh, freshman year, I, I did a great job of being optimistic regardless of what was happening. Uh, That's true. Me too. And, uh... <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I think I would have had that view that uh, anything
1: can happen. Uh, it probably wouldn't have been likely that I would have
0: uh, looked at it that way. But, man, I'm just happy to be here. I'll wrap things up with a quick look at Vanderbilt, their personnel, uh, some of the guys to keep an eye on. Uh, yes, they are 9-21 and overall. Yes, they are 0-17 in the SEC. But I know I say this every game. There are some dangerous guys out there for for the Commodores, one is Simi Shitu. He is a, a future NBA pro. He, he was part of the recruiting class that had such high expectations for Vanderbilt this year, along with Darius Garland. Darius Garland getting hurt to start the season kind of was the, was the tipping point for the, for them for Vanderbilt. Um, had he been playing this year, they'd be a lot better than than their record is right now. Um, but but mm-hmm. Semi can play. Um, he, he he can cause a lot of problems. He's their their second leading scorer, their leading rebounder. He draws a lot of fouls. Uh, he's going to grab a ton of rebounds. He's long. He's 6'10", 240. Uh, he's averaging 11 points a game, 7 rebounds a game, uh, half a block a game. Uh, he, he's he's a future pro, and he's going to give LSU some issues inside. On the perimeter, Sabin Lee is a guy that if you watch LSU play Vanderbilt last year, you will remember him. Uh, he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He's big, physical, strong. Gave the Tigers a ton of issues last year. He's their leading scorer uh, with, with Garland out, 12.4 points a game. Four assists, three and a half rebounds. Seems to play his one of those guys, kind of like Jalen Hudson, that plays his best every time he plays LSU, and uh, and that's that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Aaron Neesmith is is kind of their shooter, uh, their, their their shooter scorer type. Um, he's averaging eleven points a game, shooting uh, about thirty five percent from three and, and eighty two from the line. He can get hot in a hurry. And then Joe Toy is another name that LSU fans will remember. A guy that's played quite a few games against the Tigers. Uh, it seems to always make plays when he plays LSU. So um, the, the the stats aren't great on Vanderbilt, as you would expect with any team that's 0 uh, 17 in the SEC. But I can promise you uh, that kind of team would love to play spoiler and would love to to ruin LSU's day and uh, and and to finish their season with some sort of optimistic note. And one thing about this team is uh, this, this Vanderbilt team, is they haven't given up on, on Bryce Drew. Um, they've, they've played some, some tough games. They've played some teams really mm-hmm. tough. They almost beat Tennessee at home. They played Tennessee tight on the road a couple weeks ago. Um, they, they've been competitive in a lot of these games that they've lost. They could very easily have won quite a few of them. Um, quite a few of them could have gone the other way, and, and they'd be more like a 4- or 5-1 team right now. So um, you can't take anything for granted. Yes, LSU should win. Yes, LSU is projected to win and and cut down the nets and and finish with its 11th sec championship but projections don't mean anything and vanderbilt is very capable of being that harvard runner and finishing the race with one shoe and taking the blisters and deal with the consequences after um, lsu's got to make sure that they show up that they match that Um, as far as what the tigers do you know whether tremont water starts i imagine he'll He'll get a look at, at going back in the starting lineup, but Will Wade is also one of the, one of those guys that doesn't really like to change something that's working. So whether he's coming off the bench, whether he's starting, he's going to play a ton. He played a ton last game. And LSU's going to need everyone. They're, they're going to need everyone just like they did at Florida, whether it's Emmett Williams getting a double-double or Naz Reed putting up a huge game or Skyler Mays getting hot or Javante Smart keeping up his hot streak. It's going to take everybody, and, uh, and, and like Will Wade said on Thursday – it's do or die from here. Every game is win or go home. This is win and you win an SEC championship, lose, and you don't. Although that's not necessarily true. LSU actually has the last game of the day, so they'll know if Tennessee loses to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, that would give LSU, I think, at, at that point, they would already have clinched a share of the SEC title at least. But um, you, you, you want to win and, and win it outright. So um, the, the larger point stands. At this point, it's it's you control your own destiny. You win, you advance. You lose, you you go home, and you go home empty-handed. So, um, What we'll also see is LSU kind of closes things out down the stretch here. If they went out, they got a chance for a one seed. Um, we talked about that on the last episode, so that's another thing to play for. In addition to an SEC title, if you went out and you're the SEC regular season champion and you're the SEC conference tournament champion, which LSU would be in a very good position to do, um, should they finish as the one seed and, and not have to face – Um, tennessee or kentucky until the the final round um, they'd be in a good position to win that tournament Um, you went out and and you're sitting at around 30 wins with two titles under your belt you got a chance to be a one seed Um, none of that's going to be a given i was actually looking at the potential sec tournament bracket and you know you're looking at lsu maybe playing like an alabama in that first game which i mean you could even play florida again which we've seen how much trouble Ford has given LSU this year. None of it's going to be a given. It's all going to have to be earned. Every inch of the race is going to have to be run, whether you get one foot on, uh, one shoe on, or two shoes on. Um, But that's what you sign up for. And the potential is there to win a championship. And those things don't happen very often, and they're special. And you should enjoy them while they're here. And if you're a player, you should seize it while it's here. So uh, I will be back next week with another episode, Hopefully recapping uh, lsu's 11th sec championship and previewing their trip to nashville for the sec tournament so uh, until then thanks for listening give us uh, go ahead and give us a, a subscription a review a rating all that stuff if you haven't yet and uh, until then we'll talk next time